so this episode, I would like to talk about the Pixelbook Go. Mm-hmm. And Byte. Yep. I, I mainly want to talk about uh, Byte and uh, Owen's stupid new laptop. Uh, all right. I want, or, like, I want to talk about the stupid world of, like, influencers getting free stuff. Yeah, what the fuck? Because, you know, the- like, I... I feel like Owen got it because he's got a follower count. Yeah. Hey, I have to return it. <laughs> um, I want to know what I want to know is I reckon they have an internal secret list of like, well, the, I know PR people have this thing called a dossier, um, which they won't give out stuff unless you have this like profile thing, but I don't know what it says. Like they don't won't tell you what your dossier says. Well, yeah, a lot of companies have this. I know for a fact that, yeah. for instance, Facebook has this as well for potential hires. They have just a stack of people that they are following. Right. <clears throat> or it used to be like that, at least, that they're interested in to, like, get on their team or get involved in some kind of way. Right. And apparently they even give them scores and shit. Yeah, I'd believe that. Well, they even, like, write stuff down about you and stuff. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, weird. Um, but I'm talking more about like the list of like um where a reporter can't talk about something till like oh. a specific date oh, embargo so they write an, art- an embargo yeah. so they've got like their embargo list thing. and it's like if you've noticed recently it's really shifted to tech youtubers yeah yeah, yeah big time so like it's mkbhd and i justine got like mac pros yep. with the ten thousand dollar monitors like to their houses two weeks before they came out and they don't have to return them right free and that's like a whole thing and i just like they don't yeah, disclose a little it or anything. Get, um, iphones and shit yeah yeah they don't disclose it I, or like it's not yeah. bias free or whatever yeah right because it, it's not they're not reporters right there's no ethics but whatsoever they, <laughs> yeah it's like a whole thing. Yeah. I know that Apple really realized this recently that they can just throw it to those people and they'll say something good because they got yeah. it for free. Yeah, they feel obligated to saying something positive. Well, wouldn't you? Place. Because you get some more free computer. <laughs> well, especially with Apple, everyone kind of knows that if you say something negative, they shut you out for the rest of your career. Right. Oh, yes. I know that all too well. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, let's talk about that. And then uh, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but... I mean, there was like that weird search ads thing. Um, what weird search? Like how they changed the Google search ads to have icons so that it's not oh. as obvious. <laughs> Everything. Well, so I don't. I'm in a different bucket right now. I yeah. just switched. So I had my Google search results had those the little icons, uh-huh. icons, and now I've got a new version where the first line is the a break apart of the URL. Mm. Okay, so like I Googled the Verge, mm-hmm. right? And so the YouTube one goes YouTube.com and then it's like a carrot, user mm. carrot the Verge. Yeah, and like so it's like it's a breadcrumb thing. Yeah, and, and it's doing that for all of them. Weird. And that's the first line and then it's the big blue link and then it's the text. But they changed some colors and they changed some spacing. And I really think this is nice compared to the Favicon one. Right. It was like really messy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, YouTube moderators are um, yes. have to sign a statement 
saying that the job can give them PSD. What? Yeah, just like Facebook. Yeah, damn. So bleak. And, oh, uh, the whole Jeff Bezos thing with WhatsApp. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> okay, so this is two part. This is two part. I'm gonna go put the One, his phone was hacked because he was texting with the Saudi prince guy that killed that Khashoggi reporter, which is like weird because that reporter worked for the Washington Post. So like he pretty much like killed one of Jeff Bezos's employees. Okay. And Jeff Bezos and him were like texting and he received a, like a video that was a virus in his WhatsApp and it like compromised his phone and Facebook still doesn't know how like it, that could be possible. Yeah. Like they don't. Yeah. So it's a pretty sophisticated like attack. And then the other thing with Jeff Bezos is WhatsApp is his girlfriend, which is the reason that he broke up with his wife. His girlfriend stole texts off of his phone and sent them to her brother who sold them to a new, to like a, like a tabloid. And that's how the whole like, Jeff Bezos dick pics and everything got out. Is it was his girlfriend did it? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Who is the girlfriend? I want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, is it Grimes? Uh, her name. No, it's not Grimes. Uh, what was her name? Her name was. It would be interesting if Lauren Sanchez. It was. Oh Sanchez. yes, the Bezos uh, mistress. It would be interested. Yeah. Interesting if uh, Grimes single-handedly uh, fucks up all the tech giants. Uh, oh, yeah, so here for it. <laughs> Take down the billionaire class. Yeah. No, she's jumping on board. I don't know. I don't think it's... Elon Musk faithful. Good. Okay, so should we start? Let's do it. Um, are you sure you're using the right microphone, Zach? I'm not sure. You because... do sound like you're using Apple headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Hand dancing. Oh yeah, yeah. I should just should have just played Stadia while I waited. All right, trick question, Owen. What's the episode number? Oh, it's nine 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 nine. <laughs> this is my best bet. Oh. Why don't? Oh, I have an idea. You do the intro, but you don't say what episode number it is. And yeah, say, that's joining fine. me today are, and then you say your name. Freddie says her name, and I go, and I'm that grocer, and this is episode. No, I do the episode number because I'm at the tail end of the intro already. Okay. Because I always fucking know it. <laughs> yeah. And Owen never knows it. So uh, I just logged into Anchor to check. <laughs> Why am I blurry again? Do, um, is my audio still good? Yep. Yeah. Julio. How is our audio? Wow. Sound fantastic. That was crispy. Um, Great. You know Bobby on Twitter, the guy that's like the dog with like the dick. Yeah, that's like sitting CEO of your ass or something. Yeah, that's the one. Uh. And so he, I guess, works at Byte. I think based oh. on, or he's just really been in the beta or something. But like, I joined Byte, and his was the first I saw it, and he was doing an ASMR of like stirring mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just the first thing I saw after the like bite intro video, and I was like, "I'm here for this platform." Ugh. Sick. His Wait, sweets are very about... good. His sweets are very good. Let's talk about it on the show because I have positives and negatives to talk about. Okay. Yep. 
Me too. Good. We can. It can be a quick, quick episode. No, it can uh, be a quick episode, Owen. Just sit uh, up and do this fucking thing for us with an hour. For an hour. <laughs> what the fuck? You, you can't bail at the end by saying, I gotta go to work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I have nothing to do. No, I meant for the listeners' sake. <laughs> they can go fuck they, themselves. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, they love to hear us. That's why they listen. <laughs> oh, um, I can't end. tell... Yeah, guys, I'm a negativity influencer. Just let me. (laughs) I like that. I like that. (laughs) That should be a Twitter username. A negativity guru. That's me. (laughs) Hold on, I'm posting my Instagram story. (laughs) (laughs) It's never gonna get done. That's right. It's It's Saturday. Like, what are we like? I I just like hanging out with my friends. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I wish we were streaming right now. (sighs) We could totally do that. We were too. We could do uh, that through Discord, really. Yeah, let's do it next time. Like, it's not worth it. Shut up, Owen. I mean, like, <laughs> no, I didn't mean the audio. I meant like game streaming specifically. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Wait, can I? How do I stream into the podcast channel? Is it easy? Mm-mm. It's easy, but the thing is, you need a voice channel, I think. Yes, and then if I for your microphone, let's set it up for next time. I should have said. Oh, <laughs> I just wish it was easy to just be like, go live, share my screen. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to set up the, the situation, how we can do that uh, next okay. time. And yeah, then you can just arms. literally share your screen like, like it is right now. And then they can actually join in on watching us. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'll have to work close. You know. <laughs> As opposed to not. Well, you know, webcam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I my hair today. look cute, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Owen, why don't you just do the intro? I was gonna say, is, is are we ready? <laughs> do you remember? You're not gonna do the episode number. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Hey, <laughs> I cannot. I was just <laughs> laughing at myself. Hey, hey. Hey! You think of the thing every time hey, it's hey, famous hey. into that YouTube channel where that guy says, "What's up, everybody?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I know that channel. What is it? Uh, it's some guy. It's like some designer guy, and like every video, he's like saying it before the video has even started. So it's like, <laughs> it's like editing it halfway through the hey. Uh, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hey, you're listening to Charge Tech Podcast, the podcast that looks at tech and how it's changing the world around us. I'm one of your hosts, Owen Williams, and joining me today are your co-hosts, Federico Motti and Zach Grosser, and this is episode 128. Wow, somebody actually knows the number. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry for misleading everybody constantly on that front. It's okay. It's totally fine. So, how's the weather? (laughs) How is the weather? Cold I haven't and been hot. out. Uh, I it's really cold. I mean, like it's not compared to Owen's, I'm sure, but it felt mm. cold. Oh yeah, it's three degrees. It's definitely winter now. Finally. Oh wow. Yeah. Finally. Oh, that's gross. Was, warm here. Yeah, I'm worried about February. We've had such mild weather. I'm I'm worried we're just gonna get like the worst february weather but listen we need to have that because we need we need to have the extreme cold i wanted to like freeze for a week 
because mm-hmm. if it doesn't, uh, the summer is going to be fucked because we're going to have yeah. so many mosquitoes. Ugh. Right. Because the mosquitoes have to die. <laughs> like the mosquito <laughs> eggs have to freeze to death. This is the best. In the winter time. Where's this going? <laughs> so, you no, the- seriously though, th- this is how it works. Like if yeah. the winter is very soft, the summer will have extremely extreme amounts of mosquitoes i remember the year i moved to the netherlands there were so many mosquitoes i was like what is this hellscape so the and especially where i live for some reason there has been a mosquito um plagues like every year (laughs) plagues yeah like it's it's incredibly bad in my neighborhood like there there must be some kind of water or like Place oh yes, where... there's water. <laughs> yes, yes, no, yeah. but like I mean, there, there should be there. Sh- I like don't a know, little fl- like a part that's not moving or something. You mean like yeah. a like a gross festering? Yeah, exactly. Disgusting thing. Um, Maybe even it's... underground. We don't know. Something is going on in my neighborhood. But like, that's what bothered me about um, Amsterdam is you don't even have like those things for your window where you can like stop the mosquitoes coming in. If you well, have you can, open. you can definitely Screen. just install yeah. them yourself. That's what oh, I. Oh, I know, but it's not included. <laughs> I, yeah, I wish there were screens, but I did put one in, and it made a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, me too. I have one for my bedroom. It's necessary because yeah, oh, and here. the reason why I bought a Dyson vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's because I I watched a, a review on it, and the guy was like, "You know what? What's really good about this Dyson next to that's a really good vacuum cleaner. You can kill mosquitoes with it." <laughs> nice. Is that what the review said? Yeah. No way. He's like, I just suck them up with a with a vacuum cleaner and and <laughs> they'll die. I never I never thought about this, but actually, I can imagine that working. Yeah, it's great because now when it's like late at night and it's summer and there's and a it. thousand mosquitoes, I just get my Dyson out and like a like a little Ghostbuster, I will just like run around my room sucking up all the mosquitoes. It <laughs> is lovely. Dyson should you should review that. It'll be on their homepage. Like what a great testimonial. <laughs> the best mosquito stufsucker of all time. <laughs> We're already on such a tangent that I am definitely editing this out of the episode. <laughs> I was you know that thing they send you around where it's like your neighborhood has a budget of three hundred thousand yep. euro like how do you vote to do oh, yeah. against these projects no please leave this in because this is the most european thing ever and it shocks <laughs> yeah. me. it's so cool <laughs> yeah You're like, like your, voting, your neighborhood though. has money actual money what do you yeah. want to do with it wait you, you really neighborhood improvement projects do you guys bother with this stuff yeah absolutely i used to because i couldn't vote in anything else <laughs> yeah same. Well, like cool. I voted in the water board elections because there was I couldn't vote in the mayor. <laughs> yeah, so I should probably bother with this stuff as well. But apparently, the the neighborhood that I am living in is the most tightly um, uh, populated area of the Netherlands. Really? Wow. Yeah, there's wow. the most people per square meter. Damn. Of the whole fucking Netherlands. Damn. Yeah. So. I know that we're on a tangent, but let's just keep going there. Um, after moving to Toronto, I got become a ga- an engaged citizen in the same way. So it's, I'm I'm on board with this. Please tell you like I, I'm I love this. The reason I brought it up is because one of the projects was to like 
I can't remember if it was like a type of tree or like what, <laughs> or like a garden situation. But the whole, the like defense of it at the bottom, there was like one sentence that was like, there will be more bees and birds, which means less, mo- <laughs> which means less mosquitoes. And I was like, what? Yes. good fucking idea. <laughs> but it was so funny. Oh man. Yeah, Cause like, how- dude, if someone is like, hey, we've got this plan for the was Dutch? No, uh, I think I did the like Google Translate on it. Oh yeah. All right, let's do the episode. Wait, can I tell you? No, this is great. Like, this is a great tangent. Please, edge it, like, just add this at the end for those who are political activists, because I really actually think people should be involved in local council more. First of all, okay, um, I will do it. Fuck. But after moving to Toronto, uh, I have been like trying to like look at, I don't know, being involved in stuff again because I can <laughs> do it a little easier in English. And they make so much effort here to make um, engagement a thing. You can, so for example, there was a uh, public consultation on disposable cups and like uh, one-time use waste. And I was like, oh, great. I would like to go to that thing. But also like, I don't have time to go to the city council at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday or like it was something random. So you can put your phone number in and they call you at the time so you can listen in it's like a okay. giant conference call and they make it interactive <laughs> so um you can like they'll be like we're gonna do a poll do you believe it should be 50 cents a container 100 like a dollar and you can vote with your phone and then they say the results and you can leave voice memos as questions and they'll play it in the actual room and then like wow. answer your question how are we how am i mind blown by like phone technology like i know that? but it's probably from the 90s <laughs> you could also sync it up with your laptop to see the presentation without the audio and like vote on it was just wild and i was like wow they're really trying so now i'm like <laughs> if there's anything for bikes i'm like on it and I, i'm i'm like that asshole who's asking like questions like why is it why why are you implementing this so slow we need this tomorrow and they're like you know we have to ask people about it i'm like i don't give a shit like people would die <laughs> Oh, um, I'm oh, dead. You actually did such a great job because now this relates to a tech thing I want to talk about. Perfect. So, like, now we have to leave it in. Okay, great. Um, I'm an engaged citizen. Please pivot away from this. Zoom has announced a conference. Oh, no. It's an Ooh. IRL conference, isn't it? It's an Please. IRL oh. conference. <laughs> How did this happen? Exact, like, literally... <laughs> How did this happen? How did it get past any any approving person within the company to do a conference that was in person and not streamed or something like that's, you can't join it as Zoom call? I think you can join it, but it's definitely like come to us, and it's so wrong. It's so bad for their brand. It's so stupid. It's, it's like. It's like if Periscope had an event where it was like take a picture and mail it to us. It's just like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't align with with their product. It's like when we re- hear about like Slack not hiring remote workers. Yeah, I was like, gonna say is it reminds me of Slack making yeah. remote software but not m- making their company remote, which is yeah. so dumb. And so the Zoom conference and also the whole I can't remember the exact branding. I'll put it in the show notes, but it was about like the future, like looking forward was like the yeah. whole thing, like twenty twenty, the future, looking forward to tech, like the future of our industry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like it's twenty twenty and to not center like diversity and accessibility about a conference is already so old school. Mm. It's you might as well just rebrand your product product to like zoom webinars 
all finally agree that it's old enterprise styled software and stop using it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is weird. Like it's yeah, so Slack had a conference as well and I had I felt felt the irony of that as well. I was like, okay, why? But it's all centralization. We love it. Ugh, fucking Anyway, I just had to rant about it because I so, already like Zoom. So like, I've only ever seen one like big conference event run remotely first that went really well, and that was Laravel was conference. That? Yeah, was, I was like, going to say one, and you had to register. There were tickets, and you paid. I think it was fifty dollars, and the whole event was just like live stream. But they had put money into the money into like the speakers having like a nice quiet room or like what like whatever. It was all consistent. Um, and it was so well done because you could drop in and out. The videos were all available. Like you could just have it open on your computer. Best conference ever. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. You Should know, be a thing. Andy McMillan from XOXO. Mm-hmm. I just like, I'm always excited about what that guy's up to. And I'm excited. I know he's doing like a non-alcoholic bar in mm-hmm. Portland. But I feel like if he ever does like another conference thing, he should try to like to like define what a good remote only conference is because I feel like he's the most capable person for the job. Yeah. Wait, he's opening a a non alcoholic bar. Yes, I think so. I think that's what I read in the um, in Portland the XOXO yeah. Slack. That is yeah, so cool. At XOXO, like an alcohol free cocktail bar. Yeah. 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 And they were so good. They, they made me so not good. want to drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I drank way less because of those cocktails. Yeah. I think he saw it as both like a business opportunity, but more just like there's there was a community around it. Like there were yeah. people that all wanted it and were excited about it and participated in it as like a let's come up with a name in the Slack channel and let's like hear yeah. feedback from people and stuff. And so I think he was like, this is a community spot because yeah. I don't know, like. I've I still think him. about these cocktails, honestly. They were really? so good. Yeah. I've only met him in person twice, but I've been, I just feel like his passion is right. like creating this community and sense of like belonging and welcoming. And I just feel like he's a good person and like mm-hmm. it's such a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But um, do you know what re- in the restaurant industry they call mocktails, which are what? the cocktails without alcohol? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. $8 juice. <laughs> yeah they can sell them at that's almost true cocktail prices so yeah. it's actually a good business <laughs> that's not about andy i just like that's what the industry yeah wow sort of calls it it's like it's a good money making that's wild yeah anyway today i learned okay so for the main topic bite. Bite. <laughs> another me. social media to be on hey guys let's join all the social medias uh, How do we feel like, about this one? This Bite one is, is less owned by a oppressive government. <laughs> so, okay, to give some background, um, Byte is, I guess, a social media platform that is very new, and it's basically, it reminds me a lot of TikTok and Vine. It's both. Um, but it's basically made by the people that made Vine originally. Yeah, the original founder of Vine, right? Though he left, he left this... Twitter almost immediately after Twitter acquired Vine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this time around, Twitter has nothing to do with it, I guess. 
they do they do six second loops uh, of their videos and it's basically a continuous feed that kind of reminds me of what instagram does in the igtv tab um so it's kind of a combination of those things but i wonder where it will go i've been on the bite private beta for a while now and i honestly haven't really used it until my friends started getting onto it which is now right now we've like is public is it public beta or is no, it's it open now? Yeah. Well, if you export uh one of your bytes, yeah. If you go to share it, what it does is it, it opens nice little encoding thing and it pops up the share sheet on Android. It still puts a stamp that says byte beta on it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I probably but, just forgot that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like because like maybe the exporting part is in beta still. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, the CEO this morning my time tweeted byte is out yeah byte.co or whatever the url is i think it's byte.co is it yeah i think yeah. so yeah we'll put it in the show notes um and it's yeah so and so and I just <laughs> signed up and it is cute and fun and there's a thing that i've been not it's, it doesn't bother me super much but if you look on like instagram which is a, a site that i or a, an, a network that i spend a lot of time on there's a lot of content that is screenshots from Twitter and Tumblr yeah. and sometimes Facebook yeah. and byte isn't the right format for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not going to screen record a tweet for six seconds and post no, it. No, you have to film so your screen. <laughs> it is kind of more original content. Yes. There are a couple people that are taking the first six seconds of their TikToks. Uh, and literally the bike community is roasting them. Right. They are making people feel super uncomfortable to bring a 60 second long TikTok over to bite. Mm-hmm. Which is great, I think. Because well, I think it's a very different format. Like that's what I never liked about TikTok is because it is primarily based around the like music part. Like that's why I like the idea of bite. It's like back to the original like do weird funny shit in six seconds it's kind of interesting but it's plus the instagram story stuff that kind of changed since vine was a thing like i think that's what the original vine missed is like it came at a time just before the dawn of snapchat basically or around that time there was no filters there was no ephemeral thing there was none of that stuff and then and now it's portrait I mean, if if you are on byte it feels still it does feel still like it's in beta you don't have a follower list or a following list, even though you can follow and get followed by people. There's no evidence of that other than the push notification. Yeah. And the check mark next to their name, if you search their username. Yeah. And the CEO has been tweeting about how like they already have this spam account problem. Yeah. And because spent his whole day so far shutting down spam accounts. I, I do have to say to me, the video format like it is right now is still a little daunting to me. I don't know what it is and how Instagram did this, but um, I feel like Instagram camera is really good. Uh, I feel like it's easier to film. I know that I can save it. I, I, like, it I don't also know. also goes away. I think that's the key is because it's not ephemeral, it's much more intimidating. Yeah. And also, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, for instance, I almost enjoy using instagram camera to film something more than the iphone camera i feel that because there's way more exactly why apple doesn't let you change that default (laughs) well i think apple should make the camera better like the fact that you yeah the the way you zoom in 
uh, Instagram is just way more makes way more sense. Whenever I film something with my iPhone camera camera, it's just awkward. I it yeah. always goes wrong. You tap it for you know it's just weird. I don't know, but I feel like in bytes, I don't know. I found myself mainly uploading things that I filmed for Instagram to Byte. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What Instagram has succeeded at is making it feel less scary to make a video, and also yeah. because the camera interface is like friendly and weird. Like if you're in the Apple camera app or whatever it's like serious you're making a video it's like a home video like you click record like it's that old weird mechanism yeah i think of recording i have the same barrier in the normal camera app i just don't make videos in it like, no me neither it's weird <laughs> although the, the the quality is way better if you just film oh, it in, oh yeah in regular camera app but i no, I, I guess i also really <laughs> don't care why do i want my face super clear anyway because i don't want you to see my beginning wrinkles or anything fuck that I was going to say, too, like, there's something about, like, yes, the quality is higher when you shoot the video in the camera app, but the file size is also larger. Yeah. So, like, if I shoot a video in Instagram stories, I can download that, and I know I can just, like, throw that in Telegram. Yeah. Exactly. If I shoot a video with my phone, it's going to do the, like, 60 frame a second, 4K, whatever. (laughs) And then I've got to, like wait for it to upload to google photos cloud and then i can share the link and then yeah. i paste the link you know i basically like, never want that because yeah. that's also a fucking pain and yes it's happened to me many times before that i couldn't even download that or right. my phone wouldn't want to do it or whatever the fuck like I just, yeah mm, i want think- low quality camera <laughs> shit apparently <laughs> so i will say i'm in in one positive thing for bite it is fun to see what a modern social network could be designed like. Like, yeah, it is interesting how well the app is designed in terms of like just the aesthetics. And like, it made me think about like what Twitter could be like if they like kind of rethought it around like rich media. Cause it is, it is really impressive. Like Instagram is like this weird monster of like tacked on features. It's just, it is what it is from 10 years ago. Plus like stories. <laughs> and then yeah. like this app is really interesting cause it's like completely new. I don't know. I quite like the fact that Instagram has multiple ways of using it. And some oh, people use the feed and some people don't use the feed. And I don't I know. Reckon, I, I quite I like that. the feed must have like so little engagement now. Like they keep messing with it to try and get you to scroll down in the like last few months. And it's interesting to think about like what the future of that app will look like actually. But, like, yeah. Is it, are the posts always going to be there or will it be a separate thing at some point? Like it's, it's a weird time for them i think so one of the things that i like and don't like about bite is that i it encor- encourages you to do something funny and not just take a little clip yes you know? um i quite like that uh in instagram stories sometimes you can just upload a little clip or something random yes. uh and it's because you know it will be gone in 24 hours yeah as well. exactly and this is just because it's kind of like a combination between having the feed and um having stories is gonna be on your timeline forever you know so what i think should exist and i also think this should exist on twitter actually is being able to set a lifetime for a post so like on byte i would make a post for a week and then like if it when you click on it it should say like got deleting in six days or like like i would love to make an ephemeral tweet that's for a month like 
I, why is this not a thing, actually? I, yeah. yeah. Well, there's all these services that exist now where you can use the Twitter API to have someone else delete your tweet after a certain Yeah, day. but that's it's not the I, same, right? Like, you're not giving people the cues. Right. Um, but, and I think people would be much more frank, even on Byte, if you could do that. Like, two days, 48 hours, one hour, like, whatever it would be. But Byte is definitely going to have some problems pretty soon because pretty I, already. Just, I just looked at my uh, one of the things that I uploaded on Byte and I have three comments on it. First one is cutest pets. Follow me for cute animal posts plus follow oh. backs. And then best MBA. Follow me for follow back and likes for likes. And then, spam. Oh, wait. <laughs> memes.exe. Follow us for the funniest videos on Byte plus we follow back. Oh, kill me. I remember that used to be a thing <laughs> so much on Instagram. Follow for follow back. Or like, I think Twitter yeah. as well, actually. No, well, and Instagram's got that whole culture of meme accounts getting really large and then going private. So oh, that you yeah. have to follow them. And then when yeah. you share a post to any of your friends, they have to follow it to, yep. in order to see the post. So I, I think Byte has, it's an interesting in-between between Instagram stories and your Instagram posts. Because... If you're on the home tab, the far left button in Byte, mm-hmm. it sort of feels like the Instagram stories feed where you just yes. keep scrolling and it's all the latest stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you do go to somebody's profile, you can see it. But I don't know how like often yeah. I'm click on someone's profile to see more of their content. Yeah. Especially if I've been in the app and actively looking at my home feed. So it, it kind of feels a little ephemeral to me. Someone has to kind yeah. of actively go to your profile to look at your old shit. And then but they the need to thing, teach the, the thing about that with the camera, right? Like that's the, the key is like make it feel less yeah. permanent. Sorry, continue. The other thing that I think is really interesting that I think Twitter should copy. So, you know, if you yeah. go to someone's Twitter profile, yes. it's like their tweets. Mm-hmm. And then there's the tweets and replies, right? Yes. So what Byte has done, which would be the equivalent of Twitter, is if you go to my profile... It's just the things that I've posted. Right. And the things that I've, what they call rebites, which is like a retweet. Mm-hmm. You have to click the three dot menu button on my profile to see mine. Rebites. Oh, interesting. So it's as if retweets never showed up on your Twitter profile unless it was. Well, because like, they don't belong to you necessarily, but they exactly. come to the feed. Actually, that's really cool. And so like, it's the equivalent of like, if you went to my profile and you went to, it saw tweets and it was just the things I tweeted. And then tweets and replies was the next tab. And the next tab was like retweets. Yeah. And like you, you would see uh, yeah. them in your feed if you follow They're not my them. identity. Like I've always yeah. found that strange about Twitter actually. So I think this is smart to have this sort of like your rebites are not in your profile. Yeah. I see a few different things that I think that Instagram will steal pretty quick actually. Like I think a lot of stuff in Byte is going to be cloned and other social networks just like how every every time Snapchat launches something. Yeah. Well, I mean <laughs> it makes sense in a way. Yeah. Like that happens with websites as well. It's been Instagram is forever. a photocopying machine. <laughs> that too? <laughs> yeah. I I'm I'm like I like the idea that it exists. It makes me optimistic that like social media can still be weird, but I'm bummed that they didn't like do the basics it sounds like i i think it's nice but the fact you say social media can still be weird but for them to get big they have to unweird themselves more and more yeah exactly it'll end up being instagram in the end yeah like i hope it replaces i mean like i'm trying i think for me this is nice because i try to use instagram less because i hate facebook but i'm Uh really in 
And if I can spend 10% less time in Instagram, yeah. it's a win for me. I'm with you on so that. Yeah. I will try to use this instead of posting to Instagram stories first. And then yeah. I'll like export it and throw it in my Instagram stories. <laughs> and then people can be like, oh, well, he's posting stuff from a bite. Maybe. I don't know. Right. Fingers crossed that like that's the horrible thing is it's like one a lesser evil if anything yeah <laughs> yeah how do we feel like bites gonna stand on nudity and sex yeah. workers because they are we've been talking about well Tumblr lost all of it yep. Ev- yeah pretty much Facebook is a Christian organization at this point <laughs> like it, Twitter's the last place that allows nudity and now they're sort of like. I don't want to say shadow banning, but they're definitely making sweeping it, it under the rug. Yeah. And so like this company is based in the United States as well. How do we think? Like, I really wish bite was a European company as I yeah. guess that's what I want to say, but like, here we are again. So yeah, I'm curious, like, do we think that we'll get sex workers on bite and will they be allowed and will they be treated? They'll definitely be on there. The question will be what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one can report, so now we can still post nipples. Yeah, the truth. Nothing Quick, is, everyone nothing post your bad. nipples. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I think it is, it's weird because I had, my gut reaction was like, wow, this is the first time anybody made a social network in a long time as well. Like, that was the first thing I thought about. It was like, when was the last? Because it used to be like a gold rush every three months for like Peach or Ello, or like oh, all of these apps. I forgot about Peach. Or Yo. Peach was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, Peach was great. But like it has been, I would say, a solid two years of nobody wanting to do that. Consumer startups are basically the plague, ironically. <laughs> and there's no business model around them. So it's really surprising to see a new one. Well, I yeah. think like TikTok is so dominant right now, too. Right. And also just awful. <laughs> I'm so yeah, old. I really don't want to. Yeah, it's it's hard because on the one side I'm like I don't want to miss out, and on the yeah. other side I'm like I really don't trust them, and I also don't want to yeah. be sucked in like I am with Facebook. Exactly, I don't trust them, and I don't I, want them to be on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that it's one of those that is just like when you take the lid off, you know, you can't put it back on. I can like I, there was a tweet like yesterday or like the, the morning before that was like. Why won't everybody just shut up about TikTok or something? Like, I don't want to read another article about TikTok. And it resonates with me because you do see it off the platform a lot anyway. It's like you almost don't even need the app because the good shit ends up everywhere else. Like, I don't need to be in on it. And it was also like, I don't know if like this is the most old thing I've ever said, but like, I'm exhausted by social media anyway. Like, I don't need to actively participate in a whole TikTok. I, I don't world. think that's an old thing to say. I think a lot of young people are feeling like this as well, although yeah. they are so used to uh, being on it that maybe they don't even recognize that, which is maybe even scarier. I don't know. I think you're right. I think that is scary. It's like they don't know what the norm was. And that's that's fine. Like the youths are all right, but like they don't know what not being on the latest thing is like. And like, I I, I barely even know what not being great. on it is, man. Yeah. Like I haven't. Like it's like my main mean of communication with people for yeah. like, most days. And like, I'm gonna send you a postcard. <laughs> but, like, one of my friends did actually. She said, oh yeah. 
she sent me a postcard. It was really, really, really nice. But then I felt like posting about it on social media, you know, like it's, it's almost a prop Instagram now. You know what I mean? I, I didn't in the end, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like, whoa, I got something rare. Like, let's post about it on social media, which is dumb. Everything just becomes a prop, you know? Yeah. And 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 I don't know. We, I can rant about this forever, but at at this point, I'm I'm wondering, like, who are we kidding? You know, like Instagram, their filters are so good. Everyone can look like a supermodel now, but we don't look like that in real life. Right. But it does this weird thing to your brain where you're kind of like, oh, I wish I did look like that. Y- yeah, catfishing has become so much easier but i'm wondering are we truly catfishing other right. people or are we or are we catfishing ourselves here yikes mm, that was great. deep wow you should wow. write a book you should write a book <laughs> <laughs> are we catfishing other people or ourselves is the title damn no but for real though like we're living this fantasy life we people only post their great stories and the great things that they're doing and this fantastic food that they're eating and life but is actually like, depressing as fuck <laughs> yeah real fucking life is that yeah. like when you're depressed you're maybe not even eating or you're eating the worst right. shit no one's ever gonna see that stuff like yeah i don't know what like i got depressed this year and i told mm-hmm. a friend and she was like i almost can't believe it like your life looks perfect right and i'm like yeah. <laughs> well that is terrifying actually wow. I'm not going to be posting on Instagram when I'm like crying in my bed or I can't like leave my house or whatever. Unless it's a reversed, reverse uh, Instagram post where it's like those things where it's like, I was depressed. Spend it all. Like it's like those, those comeback posts that are really quite common on Instagram are the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, And then it just has a really big sob story and then you get like a thousand likes. Then at the end of your sob story, you ask a question and then you get a lot of comments and uh, it's really what does really well on the Instagram algorithm. So Mm. you better get on that train. I think you're making a really good point though. It's, it's sort of formulaic at this point and you just see people chasing the influencer title doing it the things going through the motions of the thing that other people have done that has gotten them followers right rather yeah. than it being i don't want to accuse anybody but it seems less authentic you know yeah, yeah. like it's like well i've seen every possible type of instagram post at this point <laughs> it feels like sometimes it's like i've seen the picture of your dog i've seen the picture of a selfie like a video like it's i can i don't know i've not seen much on there it's pretty banal and in the end in, yeah. in the end, we don't even care that much about what other people post. We care about what, what we look like when we post yeah. it. And I think I feel like mo- most th- thing Man, is, yeah. the thing people do the most on Instagram is look at their own stories and yeah. like look back at their own pictures. Mm-hmm. Damn, or sh- look at memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and post them and then repost them and yeah. then. like have a like a little argument with yourself with like oh this other person posted this can i also post it right now on my stories or should i wait until tomorrow should i shout them out or not or like how does like what are the rules for this what's the overlap of my followers and her followers yeah Yeah. should i just post it to like close friends then because like then they don't see that i stole their meme right (laughs) god social media etiquette um I'm reading a great book right now about social media and like how words and like language evolves because of it. And um, it's called Because Internet. It's a very good book. And they talk about like positioning and like how people um, talk online to fit in. And like one of them is like keyboard bashing. 
and they did yeah. this big study of like how you know like the, there's like the keyboard mash tweet where you're like oh i can't believe this they, they they surveyed people who did those keyboard mashing tweets and they said They're that most people who do it. them actually redo it until it looks like a keyboard mash. So like no. ASDF, always at the start. They'll bash the keyboard, but delete it and do it again. That's amazing. So, and so the research found that like, I think it was like 80% of tweets with keyboard mash start with ASDF. Yeah. The rest doesn't really matter. That's um, and so people will bash and then redo it. That's <laughs> so yeah. But yeah. There's, but there's, so aesthetics to, there's aesthetics to everything. Yeah. The yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, she talk, you should read this book. Like, she talks about the proliferation of, um, like, lowercase tweets as well. So, like, how people work around their uh, iPhone. Like, the uh, Guilty. people... Yeah, so people expected an uptick in language uh, when the iPhone came out. Like, they thought they were going to study it and see that it was getting better. But it actually got worse because people were tricking their iPhones into misspelling common words right. on purpose. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I do that. But, but it's because... It's hard, especially in a text, it's yes. hard to put your own personality to it. Yes. And I guess doing something like this yep. adds to your signature to, you You know, like people can see that this is you because only you or, use those words or only uh, you talk in that way. Right. Like, so I get like called out all the time, both online, but also in real life for not ever capitalizing my tweets and people are like, Oh, but you're a writer. You word good. I'm like, first of all, I'm online and I'm not working there. <laughs> like, yeah. And second of all, it doesn't mean I'm wording badly. <laughs> like, right. Right. Like, right. This is where I have fun. Like, what's the? I don't. I don't get it. Also, like picking apart someone else's like writing style or grammar is or the tweets. Most like, why are we reviewing thing? tweets? I dude, you're not my fucking English teacher. Like, back off. Like, and if I cares? was, I'd tell you to lowercase your eyes on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Damn, like correcting somebody else's grammar without them asking you like hey will you look at my writing is yeah. so like get a hobby yeah yeah it's it's really it feels really vulnerable especially as someone who is not a native english speaker yeah. but also right. as someone who has always had trouble uh, spelling mm-hmm. um i'm basically always uh, googling my words yeah um but it feels very 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 patronizing when someone's yeah. like you did, you oh, did yeah. that wrong that was wrong. That's not how you spell that's it, internet. by the way. Nothing's wrong on the internet. Like, that's the yeah. point. So please read the Because Internet book. It's like I will, actually yeah. about this. Like, it's great. Um, or is everything wrong on the internet? No, that's the point. It is all wrong. And like internet language just evolves and like wrong becomes wronger online. <laughs> like, but like there's this evergreen tweet about it as well, right? When people were just like, when I first got on Twitter, everyone was like typing like they were like, writing their dissertation yeah. and now it's like LMFO yeah yeah exactly and no she even addresses that in the book it's like everybody just wants to fit in like it's right. part of the fun it's like how language evolves around the tools you have anyway read the book but also like when Twitter's <laughs> the first couple of years of Twitter it was mostly tech journalists and tech employees yes and I would say that there's at least I see a lot of that in my feed because of the people I follow and because of how long I've been on Twitter but thank God Twitter is like got some normal people on it and like mm-hmm. non-tech people, non-journalists, non-US. That's my favorite part of Twitter. Yeah. And so like, of course it's changed like the language of it because more normal people are on it. Well, Dutch Twitter is the worst place on earth. I'm really? telling you. It leaks into I my am. Twitter sometimes. I love it. No, listen. It's just I don't know. shit posting. 
I don't know what it is about Dutch Twitter, but um, they've done a survey and apparently like 50% of the people that are on Twitter that are Dutch are like white nationalists. Oh, um, weird quotas people. Oh, damn, yeah. that's so bad. That's really bad. So what a thing you see often is p- Dutch people who have a Luxembourg flag in their bio. Mm. And first I was like, ha ha, they're so dumb. That's the wrong flag. It, <laughs> apparently... <laughs> Apparently, it's not the wrong flag. It's, oh, it's a like reference. A, a whistle. <laughs> it's the reference to the true Dutch flag, which is the one that oh um, uh, uh, right-wing people use, and it's like with the, light, God. with the light blue, and it's like a reference to like uh, true blood or whatever. The oh my god! Oh my god! That's Stop awful. It. Yeah. So. I don't know what it is, but Dutch Twitter is such a shitstorm. There is some crazy, amazing people on there that I love following, uh, but there is so much bullshit around them. Like mm. they are basically there is a bunch of really good kick-ass women yeah. on Dutch Twitter, um, but they they are basically always dealing with fighting with these guys, mm. fighting them off. Like for instance, recently a, a, a Dutch television guy got accused of or accused his. Um, chats leaked where in which he was asking kids for nudes oh my god gross um and i mean the the kids were like teens right still that's wrong very wrong and then there was this dude who was like um he, he was he was a super old dude and he basically said something like i guess uh, like age of consent is 16 in the Netherlands. And he's like mm-hmm. there are so many men that would love to fuck a 17 year old and gross. like that is just apparently that kind of shit is normal on Dutch Twitter. I'm like, oh, it's it's a fucking sewer. Here's the other thing, and this is not a critique of the Dutch at all. I I honestly like it, but there is um a, a thing that I feel like I've noticed where a lot of well, first off, the the Dutch language is contextual a lot. There's mm-hmm. like not extra words. There's just like you have to have the context to know what someone's yeah. talking about. But yeah. there's also a heavy use of sarcasm which I appreciate yeah. it shows intelligence and it's funny, but with heavy use of sarcasm and then the short format of tweets mm-hmm. and yeah. then going through like a translate app or hitting the translate tweet button. Sometimes mm. you are like, I cannot tell if this person is being Real a bigot or, or telling a sarcastic joke that's mistranslating. Yeah. Cause like, I don't have the context plus the sarcasm plus the translation software. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it becomes one of those things where I'm always like, I'm following this person because I think they're cool, but are they? <laughs> are they yeah, actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it it's definitely a struggle following Dutch people because of that. Because you're like, I think it's like when I first moved here. And even even I feel this. Mm. I'm sure. <laughs> when I first moved here, you know, there's news organizations I've never heard of, and it's mm. like, which one is the conservative newspaper, and which one is the like more realistic <laughs> liberal. And it's so hard to tell that as an outsider yeah. coming mm-hmm. in because you don't also have the history. Yeah, I kind of you kind of almost want to have a tour of those things. Yeah, you. Totally. Yeah, yeah give me are. give me like the shitty website tour. <laughs> uh, Telegraph is definitely the bad one. The rag. <laughs> yeah, but so and also you have new <laughs> Dutch friends, and you also think they're like like minded as you. Yeah. yeah. You ask them about the news organizations, like, oh, break it down for me. Which ones are like the good ones? Which and then you're going in your head, you're like, but what if they're like a white nationalist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. met this person. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Been there. Can I do a little tangent before we get into the Pixel Book Go? 
Okay. Yes. Because this is a developing tech story. Oh. One of my Are oldest friends mean? from the Bay Area moved to Amsterdam recently. I'm very okay. excited to have him here. Mm-hmm. He also worked at Square. He was very huh. early at Square. He's a great person. Okay. I'm really excited. He's an iOS developer. Very excited that he's here. And um, I went over to his house and he's like, I have the new Oculus Quest. Now, the Oculus Quest is different from the other Oculus devices because it doesn't need a PC attached to it. Mm-hmm. There aren't cables. Let's go to Android. And you and don't have to slide your phone into it. <laughs> Which, it, by the way, was absurd. Like, why did this? Nobody wanted this. And it's like 400 450 It's somewhere like yeah. that. And at that price point, and to get all in one device, if you ignore for a second that it's owned by Facebook, so <laughs> just this large small thing the history for people that have not followed this podcast before is i am a huge vr skeptic i think it's stupid and awful i and bought into was, it and now i'm a skeptic oh interesting so he was yeah. like hey just just try it like it's here um uh, just trust me you know just and we were like drinking and having delivery food and you know it was just like a fun yeah. like burn burn a half hour while the delivery food's coming and so he put the thing on my head. It was magical. I had an incredible experience and have completely torn my like thoughts about VR. And I, I, I don't really know how it will exist in like everyday life. It's not something you could put on for eight hours. It's not yeah. something you could put on for two hours, I believe. But yeah. in like a social setting of us like playing a game and then like switching... It was really cool. Or just watching a movie if you don't have a TV. Or like, I, I can see a lot of like weird edge cases for this stuff where it's like stuff where it's like, I would actually use it on a plane. I know this is a really weird take and it's like a little bit public, but like planes fucking suck. <laughs> like if I could go and like watch a giant movie in front of me rather than on this tiny square or like whatever, that would be awesome. Um, but obviously point. that you would look like a total douche, but like... It's yeah, interesting would, to think you about. You have to combine them with... Oh, so sorry. You have to combine them with uh, noise-canceling headphones. Yes, of course. But then you could basically, you know, pretend pretend you're not there. Yeah, pretend you're in a movie theater. I've seen a guy using VR on the plane before, and I was like, what? But it totally makes sense, I think, for those kinds of things or like, you know, like the her thing. It's like you sit watching TV because you don't have one. You just like use that thing. Um, um, I but, have never really been in or at... I don't. I don't have a lot of experience with VR at Did all. you try? Did you not try my Vive? Because I bought so I had nope. a Vive, um, nope. but I didn't use it much because it was so much hassle to set up. I think that's the thing with the Quest is because you don't have the external cameras and the external wires, and like you don't need a giant box PC. It is more accessible, and you've got the yeah. the, ca- the hand uh, stuff without those boxes as well. Yeah. So uh, the only VR experience is in the VRcade here in Amsterdam. Oh yeah, yeah, that's which a is thing. incredible, actually. Have you been there, yeah. Zach? No, I haven't. And it, the cool thing and kind of the gimmick of their thing is that um, you will wear the computer on your back, and right. they give you a giant gun, which is hilarious. Both of these things. It's like laser. And off. yeah, it's like it's a group oh, activity. Tank. So you yeah. do it in a giant room with like ten people. And together you fight off uh, Nazi uh, zombies, I think. Oh my god, I want to play that. Any Nazi yeah. killing thing, I'm like all into. 
Or at least they are zombies. I don't know. Nazi zombie is a specific game as well. I feel. I don't know. It's. A, I think it's like a. It's a build of a of a game that it's like a. It's like it's, Wolfenstein, but. Yeah, the yeah. language oh. is slipping, but um, it's it's pretty cool, and it's interesting because you're actually moving around, you're walking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. That's that's what I did with the Oculus Quest. Was it you draw you like tell it where your furniture is. Yeah. And then it puts this little like grid of area and lets you know when you're getting close to like, (laughs) and yeah, it (laughs) it was, I was like standing up and walking around and interacting in a 360 environment. And it was kind of bizarre because he lives on a houseboat. And so like, there's an element of also like you are floating on water (laughs) in this like Mm -hmm, VR. mm -hmm. It it was like a cool experience, but um, yeah, I got What kind of game did you play? Good question. Okay. So first off, he put me through the little tutorial thing, mm-hmm. which he was like, just because it's really cool and you'll learn a little bit how to get more comfortable with it. Is it the and- one with the robot still? The little like Wally guy? Like you're in a... Um, oh, he showed up for like a second group? at the end and I tried to murder him because I was scared. He was oh. like scary. No, <laughs> it was like, it was like you're in this like digital plane and there are objects that you can interact with. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, and there's a floppy ping pong paddle and like a little rocket. Oh, that changed. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, I want to try this again. <laughs> and then it was like, you have to play Beat Saber, which is kind oh, of yeah. like, um, I don't know, like, a um, it's like what do you, Guitar like Hero in a way. It's guitar Hero. It was like Guitar Hero, but you have lightsabers in your hands. Yeah. And these blocks come at you and you have to hit them with the lightsaber the right color lightsaber and the right direction to cut it. And I was like, this sounds stupid. And I was so fun. And he said, look, this is a $400 beat saber game, like console. Like this is beat saber was worth the $400. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not wrong. And I was like sweaty when I was done, you know, it's like physical. And I don't know. I had a fun time. Um, my, wonderful partner who is much smarter than me overheard us talking about this and slipped a post-it note in front of me that is a really excellent point but i didn't think to bring up but like vr exposure therapy for phobias oh like, damn yeah it is like actually being used as a way to like yeah. try and treat people with phobias and it's so cool that like the technology couldn't be used in a medical setting and like mm-hmm. in a um in like a clinical setting to help people yeah so that's the way that i kind of see this stuff right now like yeah maybe ar will take over the world whatever but like i think actually what's going to happen is going to be a little bit different it's going to be like these adjacent use cases like this it'll be like really specific times and places that you use it you're not going to see people sitting on a bus with fucking vr like the original stuff like i think it will be very it'll be boxed into certain use cases like you might use it alone at home to watch a movie but like you wouldn't do it with four other people you have like just the original yeah. vision for was, that was weird i was gonna say like i i would not feel safe putting yeah. on basically blinds in public transport yes. exactly and the other the other thing that i think is really interesting is multiplayer gaming they still haven't quite figured this out but there were a couple of like really early experiments in this there was one i can't remember the exact name of it but it was kind of basically Ender's game. So it's like with the Frisbees and you're like floating in space and like it was this MMO game. No, it was a real-time multiplayer game with 16 other people and you're like in zero grav and you fly around and you're throwing Frisbees into a goal. And it was like genuinely impressive because like if we all had Oculuses, we could hang out in the flesh in air quotes and it yeah. felt so much more intimate. 
that comes but with this already kind of happens when you just online game and you're just exactly. on voice chat but yeah. it just feels um, like your body is there more it's it's this weird when you can get the hand gestures that just like broke me when there I is also it. this other game that i saw for vr which i thought was really cute and it's basically um it's a team game uh-huh. uh, and it's made for a person to you to play it's made for two people in the same room. One is wearing a VR headset. Mm. Another one is on a computer. Mm-hmm. And you, I think it's either a team game or you have to find each other in a room, in a digital Keep room. Keep talking and everyone explodes is another one that's just like that. It's like one person is defusing a bomb and then the other people can see a TV with the instructions for defusing the bomb and you have yeah, to exactly. tell them how to do it. Exactly. I love that kind of stuff. It's kind of like board games in a way, too. It's funny. Yeah. Anyway, but, so, um, good take. We'll see what happens yeah, in that space. It's a very slow burn. Well, and just to your point on, like, specific use cases for technology, like, Google Glass still exists, but it's being used in, like, these yeah. situations where someone's, like, working with heavy machinery and has, like, their manual. Right. And their, you know, like, there there became a use case for it, and it exists. It's just not a large-scale consumer Same good. with VR. It's like train somebody how to build an airplane. Like, like whatever. Well, and like Blood was saying, for a clinical environment, like if Mm -hmm. you could help people with PTSD or phobias or other things going on psychologically with VR, then there's a whole industry for it. It just might not be the Facebook scale. And that's the problem with Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that will happen. And it's actually already happening. Right. It's also um, a friend of mine did a project. Uh, made for vr that's basically empathy training that's awesome so for people that have a hard time expressing their feelings or being in a um, in a like chat like talking to someone or something they can uh, together with a therapist uh, practice those situations that's cool which is really interesting that's really cool that is really cool um owen yes we we need to talk about your stupid uh, laptop. Yeah, that's a, before this we is go. The final topic, so we don't bore people. But uh, <laughs> um, yes, okay, Pixelbook Go. I feel like Zach was the one that would usually talk about this, but now I'm using a Chromebook. <laughs> so upset. The, the uh, backstory on this is: I wanted one. I still want one. <laughs> they released I, the color I wanted finally. The not the pink, pink one finally came out. You know, yeah. and um, they sell this computer in three countries, and I do not live in one of those three countries: U.S., Canada, and what UK? UK. So I tweeted Ugh. at Google, and I've I've like, so I've been told that I saved jobs at the Google Cloud team when I wrote my last article for Figma <sighs> about. Oh my god! They had this team of people that were trying to like make Google devices catch on in an enterprise environment. Yeah. And they were trying to work with the Google Cloud Platform team to make that a reality oh, so that these weren't just devices that were considered for kids, that it was like, yeah. this is very possible in a work environment and mm-hmm, there's lots mm-hmm. of people using it. And I wrote this article while I was at Figma about using a Chromebook as a full-time professional designer. Yeah. And I like literally got messages from people on that team that was like, right. It's really helped us. And so I sort of was like, I'll write another article like this. You know, I've got the platform yeah. of podcasts at least. Send me one. I can't buy it in, in my country. <laughs> and uh, Owen replied like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I made a shit post about it at first, actually. And so... Um... <laughs> me too. And he got one, for fuck's sake. Okay, I will caveat, like... I know that this sucks. First of all, yes. Okay, so this is a thing. Review hardware. 
um this, this is a really weird situation where like i got a loan device but like i didn't give them my address or anything it just showed up at the office it was really weird um but it is i think it's really hard because okay yes it could be the influence thing on twitter but it's like i've built the google contacts for so many years and i happen to be in the right country this time being in the netherlands was really hard i never got anything because they couldn't even like google wouldn't even bring a phone from the uk to the netherlands for a review like it was so weird like you have the power <laughs> um anyway so i i have a loan device from google um off the pixel book and it was because i was like shit posting about it. i was like this looks like the greatest like example of chrome chrome os hardware ever why are they so bad at telling me what i can do with it like i don't understand why this computer is 1800 dollars and they can't tell me what i can do with it like the whole website is just like it's metal it's light it has a battery and i'm like I'd, it's metal okay yeah it's like this brush magnesium. Metal thing. it's magnesium yeah, that, it's it. really lovely coating. it's a coating it is the nicest laptop i've ever held at that size and weight it's just absolutely lovely um anyway so i'm trying it out and yeah zach i i think i am definitely a convert yeah of sort. like first of all i know so like this is not the opinion of shopify however they we actually have quite a deployment of um chromebooks internally already because there's like a lot of people who can use those right. um, i'm not a person who's eligible for that program because of my job or whatever but it first yeah. of all as a manager you could use this all day. like if you're a person who does email and meetings and like documents this is the computer for you don't buy anything else it's a fucking waste right. of money and yeah. if anything goes wrong you just wipe it like it has to do nothing this <laughs> is yeah, it's super easy for IT teams to deploy and manage these devices. Just log in. Like, it's it's just the easiest computer ever. So that was where my Chrome OS journey started, was I was working at Square. Part of my job was building resources for right. all employees. So, mm-hmm. And they moved like 30% of the workforce over Chromebooks for three reasons. Right. They're super secure. Mm-hmm. IT can, you know, lock them down super easy. It's all managed by Google, your Google SSO, all of that. Yeah. Super secure. They're cheaper than macbooks and the whole yeah. office had mac devices so i know that's the same for shopify because yeah. you said they wouldn't let you have a windows computer <laughs> like yeah i mean a 500 dollars chromebook is all you need if you're in a google doc all day or in web yes. software but and, even then, like i my job is partially designed and like i'm using figma in this all day and it does not miss a beat it's it's there's nothing i can't do on this and i will say that like this is why i'm frustrated at google for the advertising is it actually is a legitimate development computer. It's legitimate. Like you can run coding software. You can even hot swap now. And I don't think I've seen this market anywhere. You can install Ubuntu on the Chrome OS operating system and push control shift right. And it just like opens into Ubuntu and then you can push control shift left and it goes back. Like why aren't they talking? Like they're so bad at marketing this running the Android apps is great, but they don't explain like, in my opinion, that's better than having a Spotify desktop app. The mobile app is fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, I like Spotify for web, but it's just because... Oh, no, me too. But, like, easy. as an example, it's like, yeah. I think running mobile apps on your computer rules. Yeah, no, it's but, great. And it's like, oh, shit, there's no web version of that app I love. Oh, it's cool. I'll just download the Android version. Yeah, like the Telegram <laughs> app. I just installed it. Like, it's... Yeah. So, I've been really impressed on that front. I will say that um, this is my, like, two days intake. Google should not sell the model that i have on loan to anybody um i think that even the lower models must be terrible but 
Yeah, like it's it's the entry level iPhone or something. Like, oh, you know how they used to sell like the MacBook Air, that really trash one. It was like six gigs of RAM or some a pathetic amount. It's that computer. Like, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not very good. Um, yeah. but the biggest delight I had with it so far is like all of that stuff is really nice, but it works really well with your phone in the same way a MacBook would. But because it's USB C, I could plug into the LG screen I have at work. Everything worked. It goes on the screen like everything just is the just same. Works. Like yeah. it's just absolutely lovely. Um, and I think Google is doing themselves a disservice, to be honest. Like they they need to talk about these better. I don't know what the deal is. Well, I think the deal is is like what they've done is if you look at their Twitter accounts, there's like the made yeah. my made by Google account, which is all hardware mm-hmm. products for consumers, mm-hmm. and then there's like hashtag Team Pixel, right? Yes. And so those are the two sort of marketing orgs that i've been able to figure out or like project groups you know like task force and if you have to if you're marketing anything with the pixel branding or if Mm -hmm. you're marketing anything that is a hardware by google there are things that make so much more revenue for the company than their laptops Mm. yeah that's true so like if you've got a budget of i don't know let's say 20 million dollars for a campaign Mm mm-hmm you're gonna spend it on the fucking pixel four and not on yes i will i will caveat that with i think is like i think this is a a company trojan horse like i really think that if they just keep even if they don't even try that hard i think in 10 years you'll see just chromebooks at work like yeah it makes so much sense it's cheaper it just fucking works nothing goes wrong to be honest on my five thousand dollar macbook i'm in chrome all day long like i'm not really using any desktop software like it's so stupid so i think you know, like it, we're in the point in the world where the mix won't ever change that much, but I do think you'll start seeing Chromebooks really deployed at work because they're cheap, yeah. like and they're good. It's good enough. Um, can I share one more cool thing that Square did with the yes. Chromebooks? Is Square has many offices around the country and around the world. Mm-hmm. Some employees do a lot of traveling for work, and so what yeah. they did was the IT org had a stack of like ten Chromebooks at every office. Nice. So you could literally travel without a computer, a work computer. Just rock up. And just walk up, you log in your Google account, and it's your laptop yeah, that's, for... that's sweet. So cool. It's yeah. good. Oh, I love it. I switch MacBook, it takes like a day. Right, exactly. There's a lot of like setting up a computer that you yeah. can skip because it's all just tied to your Google account. Um, but and, also, and, and security-wise, it's also so much better. Yeah. If you because lose the it, there's fucking... nothing on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to say like uh, like on the Pixel Go hardware surprisingly absolutely like it's just fun i don't know how to describe it other than like, it's really a nice computer but it's such a fun design that like i love using it because it feels like there's not much branding on it the keyboard is lovely like it's just all blacked out like it's light it has like a, this crazy weird rubbery bottom it, genuinely the marketing has done a good job on that front like yeah all the marketing is like people carrying it around and like it's just fun and light and weird and it's so on point because it's so- like that so, Owen, you got this one to basically use for a while. Yeah. And you will send it back at some point. But yeah. um, would you be buying the I would, actual? So, I'm thinking yeah. about it. I would want to try the 4K one. So, that's like my big question is like if if the 4K one was a little bit, and I sh- it is more powerful, if it had just a bit more juice, I think I could use this all day. Like the one that I'm using is a little underpowered, but like that's, I think it's fine yeah. for most people. Um, I would consider buying it to be honest, because it's so light and small. I do have issues with their price points. I think they've just priced them pre- premium for no reason. But I actually, my take is that I think 
people devalue it in their head because it's Chrome OS, but they don't realize they can do all the computing things on it. Like I think because it's just Chrome in your head and that's why they're so bad at marketing this, you're like, it's not worth $1,700. I can only do Chrome, but that's not the point. It actually can do shit tons more. It's just that they're terrible at saying that. Two comments on the price point. One, yes, they are the most expensive. Chromebooks on the market are the ones that Google sells. I think they're honestly doing that intentionally to not piss off the OEMs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're being like, what they've been doing, why they release their own Chromebooks is to just show the OEMs what they should That's why the Surface started. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's one of those things where like if you look at the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook that we talked about a couple episodes ago yeah. that was just announced at CES, like that was based off of what they call at Google Project Athena. So yes. they built this unit that is sort of like, again, the North Star for the OEMs to like work for. And so there's an Asus book that came out. It was like the next gen of they have like really bad branding. It's like the C63. Oh, my God. Asus yeah. is like atrocious at branding everything. Motherboards, <laughs> everything. <laughs> Look at that one that was also announced to CS. They, the Samsung one and the Asus one, have the exact same fingerprint sensor built on. Oh, really? The exact same keyboard layout. And it's like all because like Google does this, like, this is the unit to build toward. Right. And so, yeah, I think they like are like, well, okay, we'll do the high end so that our OEMs yeah. aren't feeling like they have to compete with us that way. Yeah, exactly. And but also, the- you want this premium computer, right? So you have to right. pay for it as well. Yeah, exactly. Even the fucking magnesium fucking coating. Yeah. Like, and it lasts, yeah, the, it's supported for 10 years. So and, like, yeah. Mm. And then the other thing. That was actually I'm, one like, thing that I just wanted to talk about as well. But, oh, sorry, my brain just went like, whoop. Um, but yeah. let, let's talk about that next time, though. Uh, yeah. what, Sonos is. Oh, my oh God. My yeah, God. We can, we have, let's talk about, about that next week once it settles down. <laughs> Um, but the other thing on pricing, it, I watched The Verge talk about um, the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook, and they said, yes, this is expensive for a Chromebook, but this exact same computer in Windows would be $600 more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I well, don't that's what I mean by the value perception thing. I think right. people need to somehow fix that. And the marketing hasn't quite gotten there yet. It's like, it's a real computer without right. all the bullshit you have to deal with. Like, it, it's worth it. But like I read the comments to your tweet, Owen, when you you post yes. a picture of having it, and a bunch of people were like, seven hundred dollars for Chromebooks, way too expensive." And I was like, "But if it's as capable or more capable than a MacBook Air, it's cheaper than a more. phone." Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I I there is just this consumer perception that's, thing. Like you that's my take about. on it for yeah. sure. It's like it they have a price perception problem but it's irrelevant because if you're buying a three thousand dollar macbook you're using it for chrome anyway like what's the problem like yeah. i don't really like because you want to run photoshop once a year like what <laughs> um okay they have one miss on this whole thing i don't I talk Tell about us. it more next time uh no fingerprint sensor is really fucking dumb and yeah. annoying in 2020 like especially because the pixel slate had a fingerprint sensor right and like it's dumb because they're like oh yeah but you've got smart unlock with your phone doesn't work like it just doesn't i cannot get it's it to the function no. um like why don't just have it it's dumb that's it like it's a fancy take but why i think the next so pixel there's the pixel book and then there's Pixelbook go which is the one you have which mm-hmm. is the closest comparison i have is a macbook pro versus a macbook air mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we do believe the pixel book 2 will be coming out this year Yes, and, probably. Th- and Maybe. it will be a higher end version of this with yeah. a fingerprint sensor with 
the three by two display instead of the 16 mm-hmm. by nine display mm-hmm. with a lot of the things that you're seeing on the, the Asus and the Samsung galaxy Chromebook yeah. that I was talking about, the project Athena will come out yeah. and will be the next pixel book. And so they can have the tiered line. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Google. That's the problem. I'm like, uh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm well, also and, tired of buying things, but yeah. Well, and also the Pixelbook goes the clamshell, and yes. the Asus, the Samsung Galaxy, the Pixelbook first gen are all two in ones that flow. Oh, around. right. Okay. So yeah. I think they are creating two product categories, and the slate. I think they threw the slate at the wall, thinking it would be the category that stuck, and yes. it bombed. But yeah, that's their own fault, though. I think that we will see like a Pixelbook two and the Pixelbook Go in mm-hmm. parallel as their product line. Yeah, so I might become the ranty Chromebook guy uh, yes. alongside you. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Ask me again in like two weeks. Um, oh, it was fun so far. Okay, I think uh, that's that's probably an adequate link. <laughs> real, real quick, Freddie, yes. does this make you want to try a Chrome device? Nope. Hey, okay. we got to switch to Windows. Don't don't. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't push it. The thing is, okay. I mean, for my work, I just need Photoshop and Illustrator. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's that's got neither. <laughs> Yeah, I would exactly. So it would for it. me. For me, it would. I mean, it's basically like an iPad without the drawing capability. Yeah. Like I, I literally have no use for an iPad other than that I draw on it. Yeah, and absolutely. like for a Chromebook, that would be the same. Like yeah. I have no business in any of the typing. And they're not even trying to serve that use case. Like it's it's no, it's just not for me. Yeah. They look super cute and everything. It's I just love not the pink. Funny. I wish more computers were pink and like other fun colors. Like, just stop making. I I just thing. wish they were other fun colors. Yeah, yeah. Because, me too. And it's always the black and then pink. Yeah. Can, can we all, can we just have a green or yeah. lilac or blue Yellow. or whatever? Something <laughs> um, weird. There's but like a... the cute the cute colors because honestly like the 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 Samsung Galaxy Chromebook sounds really yeah. good and it's probably a really good machine but I hate the design of it. You don't mm. like the red? I it's hate too red. red. It's oh, like, I love it. it should be not red. Oh, I, I, I red. know that you guys are very into red devices, but to me those are just like boomer. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> I was gonna say Freddie was like, oh, you got the boomer arrow for us when I had got the oh, red. Oh damn, <laughs> that's so funny. Fuck. Um, just on the drawing note, real quick, the Pixelbook Go is not. A, I mean, it has a touchscreen, but like they're not selling the stylus with it. No, it doesn't fold down to draw on, no. so that's not what it's for. But yeah. there's a youtuber called brad colbo calbo i'll I'll link it and his whole channel is he's a illustrator and he Mm. tests different devices and writes reviews and so he does this ces 2020 artist edition one where he just goes around to everything that has like a pen or a stylus and draws and reviews it really quick and he does hit the samsung galaxy one and it's there's no good drawing software yet there's a yeah. couple, but it's it's. No, well, no the web doesn't pay. really support pens yet. There's like no Fresco. Well, yeah, but you have the whole Android app store, right? Yeah, it's a Play Store. So it's just like, where's the Procreate, the Adobe Fresco, mm-hmm. in the Android Play Store? Well, I think Google should make them themselves. <laughs> it's like the stylus quality is like you're getting the Samsung one that comes with the phones. So I've, it's I've said this before thing. on this show, like. Microsoft should pay Procreate one billion dollars and just acquire them. Like it's like the most obvious. Like they're pushing so hard into yeah. this space with the Surface stuff. Like 
give them so much money that they build a windows like it doesn't matter what way like just get the flagship app that isn't adobe like people fucking hate it but this is what we talked about sketch for years and it never happened they just had to come along um one other weird thing that happens this week is um this is dinosaur news welcome to dinosaur news uh wacom came out with a 400 euro um drawing screen like a synthetic I love that. Crazy. What do you think of it? It's great, but like, hello, are they like fucking ten years too late with this? Like, they lost everyone and the drivers and like, oh, yo, everyone I know except for one person has sold their fucking uh, Cintiq screen and is now using an iPad. Especially since Sidecar, like that's probably why they did it. It's like since Sidecar has been a thing, they probably are shitting themselves. No, they've been shitting themselves for 10 years, but oh, yeah. they've only just been able more. to react to it now. Yeah, I love Because that, that like takes apparently news. 10 years. As soon as you said Wacom, I like grimaced. Like, yeah. I yeah. Did. Okay. Well, the device they released, and I was like, I want Freddy to try this. We, oh, and you, yeah. have to get, you have to get Freddy the setup that you have with Google, like where you have a Pixelbook yeah. for a month to test and write about. Like, Well, if you can live in any other country, I can do that. <laughs> The Netherlands, I have some very good friends at Google PR, and they are powerless. It's very sad. Okay, we'll char- We'll start a charged Patreon, and it's just a budget for us to buy tech <laughs> and try it. And review it. And review it. It's, it's not even it. a bad idea. I like it. All right, we should wrap it up. It's a long one, I think. Uh, no, yeah. I have to edit out like an hour of us talking about local government stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, I'm going to leave it in, honestly. Yeah, okay. Please do. And Everyone should be an activist. We segued into ZoomCon somehow. So. <laughs> <laughs> Best segue ever. All right, I'm going to go eat my breakfast. Uh, it yeah, was I need to eat something to you. too. Thank you it was actually listening. nice hanging out like this. Yeah. This yeah. Thank you for listening if you made it this far. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. 128. Yeah, the correct number. Thank you, Zach, for tracking that. Of course. All right. Um, Bye. Subscribe, <laughs> share uh, uh, the episode with somebody. Uh, hi at churchpodcast.com. You can go to the show notes and record a voice memo that we can add to the end of the Do it. And Do it now. there's a link to join our Discord, which you should jump into. Click the link. Do it now. Bye. Bye, Bye.